Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. So now we're continuing on our series, a series that focuses on the three that remain. And these three remain, everyone, faith, hope, and love. These three, the Apostle Paul said, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're facing, no matter where you've been or where you're going, these three remain. Everyone, faith, hope, and love. No matter what's happening, wars and rumors of wars, things going crazy politically, these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. Absolutely, we can walk in faith and in hope and in love. Now today's grace is is kind of undergirded by a very important issue. You see, the Bible says that these three remain, but these three remain until. You see, it says... Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Now love will be forever. But you realize that one day, faith and hope will cease. You know why? Because one day we're going to see Jesus face to face. One day our faith will be sight and our hope shall be satisfied. Anyone believe that in this place today? Hallelujah. And so a key undergirding principle is the whole issue of that one day we won't have to hope. We're just hoping until we get there. We're hoping until our faith and hope are satisfied. Hope is founded upon where we end up and where we're going. The foundation of hope is where we end up at where we're going, and how we're going to end up. See, a lot of people struggle with hope. Maybe you're here and you struggle with hope. I'm telling you right now, if you struggle with hope, it's because we're too preoccupied with what's happening now and where we're going to end up a week from now or a year from now. What we really need to focus on is where we end up and how we're going to end up. We're going to end up in the presence of Jesus. We're going to experience joy unspeakable and full of glory. No matter what happens here, we will be blessed forever and ever and ever there. Hallelujah. One of the things that has to happen, I was praying for this. I was praying about this as I prayed specifically for you. Okay? I don't know all of your names, but the Holy Spirit does. I don't know all of your details, but the Holy Spirit knows every detail. And I prayed for the people that he knows totally. We love you. We love you here as pastors, but the Holy Spirit loves you more. Jesus loves you so much more. And as I prayed for you, I was saying, Lord, break the grip of now on your people. Break the grip of this world. This world has too strong of a grip. We're not living for here. We're living for there. Hallelujah. It has to be broken in your life. The grip of what's happening right now, it has to be broken. 
regardless of what's happening right now, hallelujah, we're going to be with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. And so something has to get in our spirit. Something powerful has to get in our spirit. This morning I was singing this song. Because of this uh, message, I, I started to think about Annie, um, who was one of the worship leaders. Annie, when she was like 12, I, I heard this, I got into this song and I would have her, poor thing, we would just, Annie was like on call. If we had guests over, got a little boring, say Annie sing. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know one of those odd moments? It's like just Annie was there, Annie sing something. She would sing, the sun will come out tomorrow. She was like, dad, please, dad, come on and sing, you know. Amen. So she's not back there, is she? She ran out. So when Annie was little, I told her, Annie, you got to learn this song. And I would hear her singing it, and she would sing it for me. It goes, um, <laughs> help me with that key. If <laughs> We're going to be here about 45 minutes, me trying to. If anybody asks you where I'm going, where I'm going soon, brother lost no soul, no soul. If anybody asks you where I'm going, then it would go, I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. I hear Andy going, oh, oh. No, 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 no. Dude, I should have called you up to sing that for me right now. God wants to put a song in your spirit. God wants to put the song of hope inside of you. God wants to break whatever unholy grip these times and these days have on you. Hope is something that you can only have for yourself. Nobody can do hope for you. Hope is something that you can get from the Holy Spirit. These three remain. What? Faith, hope, and love. And you can walk in hope. And when you walk in hope, your life is different. When you walk in hope, this world does not grip you the way it grips other people. We can walk in freedom. We can walk in joy. We can walk in hope. Listen to what the Bible says in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, beginning with verse uh, 15. It says, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Anyone here longing for a better country? Anyone know that you know that you know that there's a better country for us? We have a better country. And it says, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And so I'm going up yonder should be, 
inside of us every day, all day, at all times. We need to know this is not the end. This season, what we're going through, this pandemic, whatever it is, it's not the end. We're going up yonder. And when we get a hold of that, it changes everything because we start to walk in hope. A German theologian spoke to hope in this way. He said, hope is built on a particular status. Like you and I, we have a certain status. It's kind of like a, an immigration status, okay? It's called a status viatoris, which means pilgrim on the way. And Psalm 84 says, blessed is the man whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Hope like love is one of the very simple dispositions of the living person. In hope, man reaches, no matter where you find yourself, with restless heart, with confidence and patient expectation toward the not yet of fulfillment. When a person walks in hope, they are walking in the not yet. When a person is walking in hope, they recognize, you know what? My marriage is not everything that I want it to be, but just not yet. It says my state of emotions is not what I want it to be, but not yet. Because I know who my God is. I know in whom I have believed. And I know that my God is going to bless me and help me and strengthen me by his mighty power. God is going to take me there. The Christian is always contemplating the not yet of fulfillment, whether natural or supernatural. Here's what he would go on to say. He said, man's essence is in the process of becoming. He just said it. Chicago Tabernacle is a place of becoming. To them that believe, he gave them the power to become. And as we're always on the becoming journey, and how many believe there's a little bit more uh, of Jesus that you and I need? Amen. A lot more. Amen. Every day we can have a little bit more of God. Every day we can become more like Jesus. More like Jesus in our relationships. More like Jesus in our responses. More like Jesus in, in how we serve and how we give and how we love. We keep growing and growing until we see him face to face. But we're just on the way. You see, and if somehow, if somehow God, and, and, I, and I know he can, but if the Holy Spirit could break the scales and the shell that is on our lives. You know how David put it? David once prayed. He said, uh, uh, Lord, let not my soul cling to the dust. In other words, there's too much of me grabbing hold of this world. David said, let not my soul grab hold of this world. Let my soul reach up to you. That's what today's message is all about. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. If you're watching online, God wants to bring a breakthrough. Hope is a breakthrough grace. When a person really starts walking in hope, there's so much breakthrough in their life. Something changes about the person when their heart is filled with hope. Listen to this. In a study by the Harvard uh, uh, University Public School of Health, 
Here's what they said. Optimistic people are more likely to live longer. And they're more likely to regulate their emotions and behavior as well as bounce back from stressors and difficulties more effectively. When people are positive, they just do better. Listen to this. Optimism defines how we interpret and think about ourselves and the world around us. It's about knowing how much, you, much control you have in a situation and expecting a good outcome when you take steps to control what you can. This is what they said. And this is scientifically true. If a person is optimistic, if a person is positive, the quality of their life is just better. But listen... There's a spiritual, biblical backing or type of optimism that's even better than that. And you know what we call it? We call it hope. Amen. Because the child of God is not thinking about what we can control. The child of God knows that our mighty king is in control. Amen. The child of God knows and trusts and rests in the glory and power and plan of God. The child of God focuses on the fact that he has a good, pleasing, and perfect will for our lives. So our hope is even better than just being optimistic. There's a biblical optimism. There's a biblical positivity. We call it hope. And let me tell you something. God wants to break negativity off of his people. He wants to break that, uh, that, uh, what if this happens? What if that happens? The Bible says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Hallelujah. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. That's what's going to happen. God is good. That's what's going to happen. In a moment, I want to read one more verse to you. And in a moment, we're going to pray. But I'm not here to like give you some lecture. I'm here to help you to engage with the truth. I'm telling you right now, engage with the word of God today. God wants you to cross over you and Jesus. He wants you to cross over so that you will walk in hope. Because when you walk in hope, everything is better. Look at what the Bible says. Here's another key Verse, the Bible says in Romans 8, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Look at me. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. So you're not going to see it. This is why you, you're going to see, you got to get your spirit involved. You got to get your faith involved. So it says, who, hope, uh, who hopes, uh, I'm sorry, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. It means, Lord, I may not have exactly what I want right now, but Lord, I wait joyfully and patiently. I, I wait pray, full of praise, oh God, and full of a great expectation and a great outcome is coming. So I want to pray that right now. I want to pray that the grace of hope 
would fill our hearts and our minds. When hope fills you, it not only fills your spirit, it fills your heart, it fills your mind, it, it, it impacts your emotions. Hope is powerful. Hope is the breakthrough that we need to live in these crazy times. So as we pray, you know what? I, just, I don't only want to pray for ourselves, but I want you to pray to the left to your, or, and to the right. These are some very challenging days, aren't they? But we can still walk in faith and hope and love. So come on, put your hand on your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this time. I thank you, Lord, that the spirit of the living God is here with us. We're not alone. You are with us. You are in us. And you are the God of all hope. And so, Lord, I pray that you would release the grace of hope into your people. I pray that you would break off negativity. And I pray that you would release a joyful expectation into the hearts of your people. Help us to walk out of this place in hope. We trust you for it. And we thank you, God. We expect it from you. In the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Yes. So now what is hope? Hope is an active expectation of God's soon coming goodness. It's active. Okay, it's the joyful and confident expectation, not of what we see, we just saw that, but of what we are hoping for. It's the expectation of the good, the anticipation of God bringing joy and victory and pleasure into our, our lives. Hope is ridiculously optimistic and positive. You gotta have like a full-blown positive outlook when it comes to hope. You just choose to see what God could do and what God wants to do versus what's happening. So here's a couple of key things that we need to focus on when it comes to hope. First of all, hope is active logic against the negative. Hope is active logic against the negative. Last week, We've learned that faith is walking in the logic of the impossible. And this week, in other words, uh, uh, the bio, we use the example of Abraham. I'm going to use it again. Abraham, the Bible says, reasoned, he logicked out that God could raise his son from the dead or he would raise his son from the dead when he went to sacrifice him because God had already promised something. Hope is the same way. Hope has an active logic against negative things, and hope says, God is going to bless me no matter what is coming at me. I choose to trust in the goodness, in the power, in the faithfulness of God instead of succumb to all of the negativity that is around me. You have to use your mind. Hope literally takes on the negative. Hope goes against the, on the offensive against the negative. Look at what Abraham did again. It says, against all hope. Against all hope, Abraham in hope 
believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. So here's what Abraham uh, 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 did. He said, I am way too old. So, so Abraham is uh, uh, 90 years old. I forget how old, was he about 90? So not, he's about 90 years old. If you're talking to a 90-year-old man, he said, yeah, we're about to have a kid, you'd be like... How old's your wife? Oh, she's about 82. <laughs> Abraham went against that negativity. Amen. And he said, it doesn't matter how old I am. It doesn't matter how weak my body is. It doesn't matter how frail I am. I know what God has spoken, and the word of God is more powerful than my weakness. How many know God's word over your life is stronger than your weakness? Stronger than our inability, stronger than our limitations, the promise of God overshadows all of those things. And so the Bible says that he took an active logic. He like, he said, no, I'm not going to let those even facts stop me from believing God. We face the earthly facts regarding our own weaknesses with everyone hope. That's, this is important. Hope is active because we participate in what we anticipate. Here's why it's active. It's because when you expect something good to happen, you kind of get ready for it. If you expect something to happen in, in principle, okay, you've got, a, you, you've, you've got an event that you want to go to. You get ready for the event. You're anticipating. You're participating. So here's a great question. What is your hope got you active in right now? Because when you're really living in hope, you're like, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And what you're saying to yourself, do you know, I'm just like, I'm just, uh, I'm a prayer away from a breakthrough. I'm a weekend away. I'm a weekend. You know, it could be one week from now where I get my breakthrough, but I know Jesus is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm right around the corner from this. I'm right around the corner from this. I'm believing God, his soon coming goodness. I believe in the soon coming goodness of God. Surely goodness and mercy is following me. That's what hope says. And it's active. You really have to go against negativity. If you're going to break through to really walk in hope, chances are you're going to have to deal and contend with negativity. And here's the thing about negativity. A lot of times we think that negativity is, is based on just because things happen to be bad for us. And it's like, oh, but you don't understand my life, you know? And a lot of people should be really positive. Me, I should be negative. Oh, no, you shouldn't. How many know Jesus is faithful? How many know God is good? So look, I got a great, I got a great, I think, illustration for you of... uh, of a pro golfer. Watch this, it'll explain itself. Watch this. This was last week, by the way. Right over the 
top of the flag stick that needs to go softly. No, no, no. Ah. Well, I'm sure he's disappointed. Felt like he hit a good shot, but uh, got to keep it right of the hole. Yeah, and you got to find a way to take some spin Ooh. off. The greens are mm -hmm. so soft. Every time, the story of my life. Pause. Does that sound like anybody you know? <laughs> Every time, story of my life. Okay, now I wanna teach you a phrase that you're gonna take with you. I want everyone to say, stop it, Sergio. Stop it, Sergio. One more time, just stop it, Sergio. So I, so I didn't even really, I was standing here and I noticed, so he has a white hat and kind of like a maroon vibe going on here, right? So, so now we're going to go back first to 2008. Same hole, Sergio is in a playoff and which, go ahead. Sergio's got the break of his life right here. Boy, it's got to change his thinking now, I would think. He's not looking very far left, I can tell you that. Okay. Uh, might come down the hill. Yeah, here it comes. What a shot. Here it comes. His ball striking's going to pay off, Gary. It was just magnificent tee to green. And that is, look at that wind push that ball, folks. He would go on to win that Players' Championship. One more. Listen to this. Oh, look. White hat, maroon vibe. You wouldn't feel it down Watch here. Watch this. Good-looking shot here, though. Oh, yeah. In. Oh, yeah. Oh, snap. <laughs> but last week. it over to the guys at 16. And uh, the group behind. Last week, what does he say? Every time. Every time. Story of my life. Everybody say, stop it, Sergio. Okay, next week or in tomorrow, in a little while, remember, when you start getting negative, what are you going to say? You're going to say, stop it, Sergio. <laughs> I want you to speak to yourself and say, stop acting like Sergio. He won that tournament. He made millions of dollars off of that tournament. He hit a hole in one off of that hole. And yet, what does he say? He goes, every time, story of my life. That's the way we can be. We're so blessed. We've got such a, a rich heritage of the victory and the kindness and the mercy and the blessing of God. Just stop it, Sergio. If you're going like this right now, just stop it, Sergio. Because God is good. I hear a thousand wives saying to their husbands, stop it, Sergio. <laughs> but it's true. Sometimes a hard season, a hard moment, a hard year causes us to collapse and forget every good thing that God has done. But our God is an awesome God. He's a good, good Father. Could we take a moment and put our hands together and say, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Forget not all his benefits, the Bible says. Forget not all of his benefits. 
And this is a very, very important issue when it comes to hope because when we forget hope, then our whole sense of judgment and understanding of what's happening in our lives and where we're going is completely thrown off. You see, hope, very important. This is the next point, very important. Hope addresses our disappointments in light of God's soon coming goodness. If you could send me a, a keyboard player. Listen to me. Hope addresses our disappointments in light of God's soon coming goodness. Many, many times, brothers and sisters, people, their walk with God, their faith is stunted. Somebody is in here. Somebody is watching online. And you know what? You want to be at a new level with Christ. You want to be in a new place with God. But the truth of the matter is, in the privacy of your own heart, there are disappointments that you just can't make peace with. And the truth of the matter is, is there's something inside of you that says, how can I hope for tomorrow when that horrible thing happened in the past? And I'm not belittling your disappointment. Each heart knows its own bitterness. No one can share its joy. In other words, there are things that you as an individual have gone through, things that hurt you, trauma in some cases, suffering in some cases, just like a, a hurt and a type of, of uh, emotional damage that no one understands but you, you and Jesus. I understand that. We pastors, as we minister, do you realize that for us, a pastor's life engages in the top 5% of someone's life, right? The, 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 when the babies are born and baby dedications and weddings, all of the great stuff, and then the bottom five. And can I tell you something? Every day is someone else's bottom five. So you, it may not be your bottom five today, but every day when you're in the ministry, somebody is in a bottom five moment. And so we are acquainted and our hearts break. We've cried a puddle of tears because people really suffer. And I know that, and I don't want you to think for a second that I'm making light of your suffering. But Jesus suffered too. Jesus knows exactly where you are. Jesus rose from the dead in victory. Jesus didn't hurt you. Jesus rose to grow you. Jesus rose to give you freedom. Jesus rose to give you healing. By his stripes we are healed. Jesus rose so that your tomorrow can be different. Jesus wants to make you different, free and healed and full of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You've got to stop blaming God for what happened in your past. You've got to stop saying, I cannot hope in the future because I'm so disappoint, disappointed in regards to my past. Listen, it's impossible, it's impossible to be biblically optimistic about the future when you're blaming God for your hardship. That's supposed to be a slide, but I'm going to be hopeful that it's going to come up. So... Thank you, Lord. See, it works. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I like, I've prayed this week for someone. Your biggest struggle 
is not the hard things that have happened to you. Your biggest struggle is your disappointment with God. But you're looking at it the wrong way. You understand? You're forgetting the fact that this is a sinful world. You're looking at the fact that when you live by hope, you can say all things work together for my good. In other words, God uses sometimes our brokenness to help quicken someone else's healing. No, we say this all the time. Our process can be, is meant to become someone else's shortcut. So, so God can use your sorrow and your suffering to bring about someone else's peace and joy. And when you live that way, you're living like Jesus. You're fulfilling the will of God for your life. When you turn your suffering into victory because you choose to live in hope, when you turn your hardship and your disappointment and the thing that you wanted and you didn't get, and you're like, how in the world? And you say, but God, I know you've got something good for me. I know you've got blessing for me. Then you can be a powerful instrument in the hands of God for someone who's struggling in their faith, for someone who's drowning in their sorrow and in their difficulty. You be become the person that God gives the call to. I'm telling you right now, we've got to get over our disappointment with God. And say, you didn't do what I wanted you to do. Yeah, but listen, only with God can the worst things actually become the greatest things of your life. Your testimony becomes your weapon against the kingdom of darkness. Your testimony becomes your instrument of leading people into life and joy and peace. We've got to say, Lord, I choose to view the past in light of your future for me. That's what hope does. Hope says, I don't get it. You know, I didn't say this in the first service, but I was talking to um, just a real special man of God. And um, I said to him, for a season, one of the reasons why I struggled with um, being confident in the Lord was because I said to him, I literally said this to him. I said, you know, in one day, the day I gave my heart to the Lord, the Lord stripped away my baseball career. So I was like three games away from having a whole lot of money and a whole bunch of stuff. And, and right there, God took it away. And here's what he said to me. He said, God stripped that away? He says, you really believe that? He goes, maybe, maybe you were building your life on sinking sand. And God was waiting to rescue you from yourself. He said, maybe God was decided that instead of using something for your glory, he wanted to use you for his glory. Hallelujah. How many know God's plan is better than our plan? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Hallelujah. We believe that. So real time, listen, real time right now, your plans are not better than God's. Your ways are not smarter than God's. So you're like, but he wants to take this away from me. 
I want this. How many know he's a good, good father? The Bible says if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more does your heavenly father uh, uh, and will your heavenly father give good gifts to you? And in particular, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit inside of you so that you can know his will, know his ways and walk on the path of blessing. It's on the inside though, brothers and sisters. There, God wants to, he wants there to be an exchange. Some people, part, there comes a point in time when you have to say, I will not, I will not label God. There comes a point in time when your faith says, I will not hold my past pain against God. I'm gonna trust him for my future. Some people, today, you need to leave here saying, I will trust God again. When you stop trusting God, there's a hope break. But God wants to fill your heart with hope again. Think about all of the great men and women of God who were going through it and saying, but I just choose to trust God. I choose to believe we're in prison right now, but I choose to believe that God has a greater plan. We're about to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And you know what? If we burn, we burn. But when, after we're done burning, we're going to be right in the presence of Jesus. They're throwing me in a lion's den, but after I don't care, I'm going to go see Jesus. How many know you can't stop a heart that's filled with hope? Don't blame God. Let your heart be filled with hope. And so today's message, this is really about, about us having like a, an exchange with God. Well, we say, you know, Lord, um, well, we say, like if you weren't here, okay, you know, Lord, and always tell the Lord the truth. Do yourself a favor. Imagine, imagine how we like tell God's stories. Like if he doesn't already know it, everything. If you're angry, if you're bitter, okay? If you're, if you're full of jealousy or envy, you know, because it didn't go your way, it went the other person's way. God knows all of that. Just come clean. And say, Lord, I wouldn't have done it like you did it. My heart is hurt. I'm disappointed. In fact, Lord, I'm battling with anger. But Lord, in my heart and in your word, I know you're good and you're faithful. You don't play favorites. You don't choose one child over the other. So God, I give you my brokenness. I give you my disappointment. I give you my sorrow and my sadness. And I choose to believe that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. 
I'm one day away, Lord. I'm one breakthrough away, oh God. I'm not gonna blame you, I'm gonna praise you. That's what you need to say. I'm not gonna blame you, I'm gonna praise you. I'm not gonna blame you, I'm gonna praise you. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna mistrust you, I'm gonna trust you, oh God. I'm gonna trust you, God. I'm gonna trust you. I think about seven billion people on the planet Seven billion. Jesus knows and loves each and every one of them. Any person, any person who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No one, the Bible says, no one who looks to you will ever be put to shame. All we have to do I say, God, I choose to trust you. When I look back, yes, it was a bad day, but Lord, you've been faithful. Anybody here, has God been, if you're here, has God not been faithful to you? If you're alive, has God not been faithful to you?